Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Veterans Day. So the story of Washington's vision, the prediction of three great perils that will come upon the Republic is one that many Americans have forgotten about, but it is, um, it's a fascinating story of, of a vision that apparently came to, um, Commander George Washington of the Continental Army in the winter of 1777. Uh, well, his, his, uh, troops were facing, a bleak circumstances against the British. It, it was not looking like they could possibly win this revolution at that point. And he spent a lot of time in prayer. And the story goes, allegedly, the story was retold by one of his um, troops who was there in the Continental Army. Now, in the 21st century, it's up to, for debate as to whether this is a true story or not, or whether it's just a fable that's been passed down. But it is a story that was actually written in many papers in the 1800s, including the paper behind me. And we're going to, we're actually going to read the story straight from this 1800s paper from the Library of Congress. So that, that we can really see what what the people of America in the 1800s were reading about George Washington, the story retold by, by this, um, this man who says he heard Washington tell this story and told the story before he died in the 1800s. Um, before we get into, to this, I want you guys to hear this, um, because I, I think it's a, it's a fascinating, if it is true, it's a fascinating story for, um, for us looking to the future of our country right now, because, um, we're in, we're in uncertain times and talking about these three bra three great perils is one of the perils, the one we're kind of in right now. And I want to get your take on it as well. Um, but I think it's, just, it's a hopeful story. So I'm excited to to tell you this story. Um, before we get into it, I want to shout out the sponsor for this video, Noble Gold. Now, not everyone's interested in precious metal IRAs or 401k rollovers. Some people are happily putting their life savings in the stock market. Some people are launching themselves into property investments. Some like the idea of cryptos or leveraging investments all at what looks like the top of the market, but what could go wrong with the supply chain issues, inflation on the way and unemployment climbing into, uh, isn't it all a bit risky and don't even get us started with the $25 trillion in debt. If you've been thinking about investing safer so you can retire comfortably and sleep at night, it might be time to take to talk to Noble Gold about the tax advantages and other pluses of those precious metal IRAs. Of course, you might just love uncertainty, but if you don't, this monthly Noble Gold, uh, this month, Noble Gold is giving away a free America, the beautiful solid silver five ounce bullion coin with any qualifying IRA you start. You can call them at 877-646-5347 or visit the Noble Gold website linked in my description. If you do, it sure helps me out as an independent journalist uh, since they are one of the sponsors helping me stay completely independent. Okay, I want to get into the story of, of George Washington. I dedicate this Veterans Day to Commander George Washington, our great founding father, uh, who who would then go on to be president. Um. Yeah, he he really created uh, 
the United States' first military and helped liberate our and create our country. And so I dedicate this Veterans Day to him. And um, it's a, it's an interesting story. Um, you know, the tyranny from the British began in the early 1760s and, and the people in America became more and more uh, troubled and upset and just bothered by the tyranny of the British government. And it, it took a decade until it just got things escalated. The tensions uh, just escalated so much. And you can see the tensions escalating in our country right now. Well, it took a decade uh, of, of escalation um, when they at that time were a part of, of Brit- the British empire. And um, so from the early 1760s to the early 1770s and there, there was one at one point in the in April of, of that year that the Brit- British military was sent to arrest an American in Massachusetts. Well, the Americans caught wind of it, and they created a makeshift militia. Get this: they were actually um, a a few American men were actually training for a few months that year. Um, they were collecting weapons and just brushing up on some military skills in case things got bad enough that they had to take on the redcoats. And so when they caught wind that one of their guys was supposed to be arrested by the king, um, they got ready. These guys who had been kind of secretly training, um, when the British came to arrest that guy, the Americans were right there with their little makeshift militia. And that those, those were the first, that was the first gunfire of the revolutionary war. And, um, then it was that, that was 1775. Um, so, so summer of that year, the continental Congress, uh, created on paper, the continental army, and they made George Washington, the commander of that army, and he went off to Boston to try to get this ragtag militia into an actual American army, which was a daunting task when you are taking on the well-established, well-funded British Empire. And these ragtag Americans are, are going to see if they can take down this empire to own their own independence. It was daunting. And at the beginning, it was not looking good. Um, George Washington lost, lost some battles and, uh, by winter of 1777, um, it was just really looking bleak and they were about to have an important turnaround. The French, they were about to get the French to sign on. And once they had the backing of the French, they were able to take down the British. But at that point, it was, it was a very bleak time. And this is where the story allegedly comes in. Now, the story was allegedly told by a man named Anthony Sherman, a veteran of the Continental Army, and a man who supposedly heard the words firsthand from George Washington. And he didn't get around to telling anyone, allegedly, until shortly before he died in the 1800s. And that's when the story was published in the papers, the story of the vision that 
George Washington had. Now, when people have spiritual experiences, they do happen and, and it's weird people out. So they don't tell a lot of people they have these stories, but I, I don't know if this is a true story or not. It's up for debate. Um, Snopes implied it's not true, but Snopes does a lot of erroneous fact checking. We've really seen glaring this past year. So, so <laughs> who knows, but this is a legitimate library of Congress published uh, paper from 1880. And I'm going to share the screen with you guys so you can see it. Um, now this is shortly after the famous words of Thomas Paine were written, which was that these are the times that try men's souls. Thomas Paine talked about how maybe we should have declared our independence earlier. See, people don't realize that, you know, the, uh, our, our independence was declared in 1776, but the war lasted for many years longer. Um, the British were really trying hard. And so 1777, you know, a year after we declared our independence, like crap, we might not be able to hold on to our independence. Uh, um, so that is, that is allegedly when, when this all went down, um, and, and this vision happened in, in his despair, uh, George Washington, a man of prayer, um, would retreat to solitude a lot to pray. Well, this, this, this vision allegedly came to him. Now, this was published in the National Tribune, a monthly journal devoted to soldiers and sailor, sailors of the United States and the instruction of the family circle. Uh, you see Washington, D.C., December 1880. Um, allegedly, someone had, had requested. This, had, uh, this story, I think the story first reached the public in um, 1861 and then it began being published in papers across America after that. So um, here, George, it's Washington's dream. Okay, let me tell you guys, the interesting thing here is that Washington's vision is published across the internet, but it has, the, in the internet publication of the story has a different conclusion than this authentic paper from 1880 has. Okay. It's fascinating to me. The whole story is, is published. Um, it's copied and pasted basically from this paper, except for those final key words. Three great perils are going to come to our, to our Republic. And the, and the worst one, which one is going to be the worst one? Well, this paper, this authentic paper from Library of Congress actually says something different than what the internet says. Let's read it to you here. Um, Little Sioux, Iowa, um, June 18th, 1880. I see a request for Washington's dream. And as one of my neighbors chance to have it, I borrowed the paper containing it and take the liberty to send you a copy of the dream. Washington's vision. The last time I ever saw Anthony Sherman was on the 4th of July, 1859 on Independence Square. He was then 99 years old and becoming very feeble. But though so old, his dimming eyes rekindled as he gazed upon Independence Hall, which he had come to gaze upon once more before he was gathered home. Let us go into the hall, he said. I want to tell you an incident of Washington's life, one which no one alive knows of except myself. And if you live, you will before long see it verified. 
Mark the prediction. You will see it verified. Ah, he's saying, predicting the, the deep, far-off future of America, perhaps now. From the opening of the revolution, we experienced all phases of fortune, now good and now ill. One time victorious and another conquered. The darkest period we had, I think, was when Washington, after several reverses, retreated to Valley Forge, where he resolved to pass the winter of 77. Ah, I have often seen the tears coursing down our dear old commander's careworn cheeks as he would be conversing with a confidential officer about the condition of his poor soldiers. You have doubtless heard the story of Washington going to the thicket to pray. While it was only true, well, well, it was not only true, but he used often to pray in secret for aid and comfort from God. The interposition of whose divine providence brought us safely through those dark days of tribulation. One day, I remember it well, the chilly winds whistled through the leafless trees, Though the sky was cloudless and the sun shone brightly, he remained in his quarters nearly all the afternoon alone. When he came out, I noticed his face was a shade paler than usual, and there seemed to be something on his mind of more than ordinary importance. Returning just after dusk, he dispatched an orderly to the quarters of the officer I mentioned who was presently in attendance after a preliminary conversation, which lasted about half an hour. Washington gazed upon his companion with the strange look of dignity, which he alone could command said to the latter quote, I do not know whether it is owing to the anxiety of my mind or what, but this afternoon, as I was sitting at this very table engaged in preparing a dispatch, Something in the apartment seemed to disturb me. Looking up, I beheld standing opposite to me a singularly beautiful female. So astonished was I, for I had given strict orders not to be disturbed, that it was some moments before I found language to inquire the cause of her presence. A second, a third, and even a fourth time did I repeat my question, but received no answer from my mysterious visitor, except a slight raising of the eyes. By this time, I felt strange sensations spreading through me. I would have risen, but the riveted gaze of the being before me rendered volition impossible. I essayed once more to address her, but my tongue had become powerless. Even thought itself suddenly became paralyzed. A new influence, mysterious, potent, irresistible, took possession of me. All I could do was to gaze steadily, vacantly at my unknown visitant. Gradually, the surrounding atmosphere seemed as though becoming filled with sensations and grew luminous. Everything about me seemed to rarefy. The mysterious visitor herself became more airy and yet even more distinct to my sight than before. I now began to feel as one dying, or rather to experience the sensations which I have sometime imagined accompany dissolution. I did not think, I did not reason, I did not move. All were alike impossible. I was only conscious of gazing fixedly, vacantly at my companion. Presently I heard a voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. While at the same time my visitor extended her arm eastwardly, 
I now beheld a heavy white vapor at some distance rising fold upon fold. This gradually dissipated, and I looked upon a strange scene. Before me lay spread out in one vast plain all the countries of the world, Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. I saw rolling and tossing between Europe and America the billows of the Atlantic, and between Asia and America lay the Pacific. Son of the Republic, said the same mysterious voice as before, look and learn. At that moment, I beheld a dark, shadowy being like an angel standing or rather floating in midair between Europe and America, dipping water out of the ocean. In the hollow of each hand, he sprinkled some upon America with his right hand, while with his left hand, he cast some upon Europe. Immediately, a dark cloud raised from each of these countries and joined in mid-ocean. For a while, it remained stationary and then moved slowly westward until it enveloped America in its murky folds. Sharp flashes of lightning gleamed through it at intervals, and I heard the smothered groans and cries of the American people. A second time, the angel dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled it out as before. The dark cloud was then drawn back to the ocean in whose heaving waves it sank from view. A third, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. I cast my eyes upon America and beheld villages and towns and cities springing up one after another until the whole land from the Atlantic to the Pacific was dotted with them. Again, I heard the mysterious voice say, Son of the Republic, the end of the century cometh, look and learn. At this, the dark shadowy angel turned his face southward, and from America I saw an ill-omened specter approach our land. It flitted slowly and heavily over town and city of the latter. The inhabitants presently set themselves in battle array against each other. As I continued looking, I saw a bright angel on whose brow rested a crown of light on which was traced union bearing the American flag, which was placed between the divided nation and said, quote, remember ye are brethren. Instantly the inhabitants casting from them their weapons became friends once more and united around the national standard. And again, I heard the mysterious voice saying, son of the Republic, the end of the century cometh, look and learn. At this the dark shadowy angel placed a trumpet to his mouth and blew three distinct blasts and taking water from the ocean, he sprinkled it upon Europe, Asia, and Africa. Then my eyes beheld a fearful scene from each of these countries arose thick black clouds that were soon joined into one and throughout this mass, there gleamed a dark red light by which I saw the hordes of armed men who moving with the cloud marched by land and sailed by sea to America, which country was enveloped in the volume of the cloud. And I dimly saw these vast armies devastate the whole country and burn the villages and towns and cities that I beheld springing up. As my ears listened to the thundering of cannons, clashing of swords and shouts and cries of millions in mortal combat, I again heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. 
When the voice had ceased, the dark, shadowy angel placed his trumpet once more to his mouth and blew a long, powerful blast. Instantly, a light, as if of a thousand suns, shone down from above me and pierced and broke into fragments the dark cloud which enveloped America. At the same moment, I saw the angel upon whose head still shone the word union and who bore our national flag in one hand and a sword in the other descend from heaven, attended by legions of bright spirits. These immediately joined the inhabitants of America who I perceived were well nigh overcome, but who immediately taking courage again, closed up their broken ranks and renewed the battle. Again, amid the fearful noise of the conflict, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. As the voice ceased, the shadowy angel from the last time, for the last time, dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled it upon America. Instantly, the dark cloud rolled back together with the armies it had brought, leaving the inhabitants of the land victorious. Then once more I beheld villages, towns, and cities springing up where they had been before, while the bright angel planting the azure standing a standard he had brought in the midst of them cried in a loud voice, while the stars remain and the heavens send down dew upon the earth, so long shall the republic last. And taking from his brow the crown on which blazoned the word union, He placed it upon the standard while the people, kneeling down, said, Amen. The scene instantly began to fade and dissolve, and I, at last, saw nothing but the rising, curling vapor I had once, I had at first beheld. This also disappeared. I found myself once more gazing on my mysterious visitor, who in the same voice I heard before said, Son of the Republic, what ye have seen and thus interp- is thus interpreted. Three perils will come upon the Republic. The most fearful is second, passing which the whole world united shall never be able to prevail against her. Let every child of the Republic learn to live for God, his land, and the Union. With these words, the vision vanished, and I started from my seat and felt that I had seen a vision wherein had been shown me the birth, progress, and destiny of the United States. In union, she will have her strength. In disunion, her destruction. Such, my friends, concluded the venerable narrator, were the words I heard from Washington's own lips, and America will do well to profit by them. There we have the story of Washington's vision, winter of 1777 at Valley Forge. Uh, Do you guys think the story is true? (laughs) It's a a fascinating uh, story, if true. But the fascinating thing is that all over the internet is published that There will be three great perils or wars in Washington's vision, and the greatest of them will be the third, which involves Europe, Africa, and the United States. But this paper here says the greatest peril will be the second, 
which involves it, you know, it's, it's not so much about Africa. Um, so since this paper is, is a, a, an authentic photocopied paper from 1880 published on libraryofcongress.gov, I tend to believe that the true story from, you know, that was told back then was that the second peril will be the greatest. Um, now, this is a peril to the republic itself. Yes, we went through two world wars, but those, wo- those world wars were not so much about, you know, America being invaded. Um, now, the Civil War was a great peril for the United States. And I think that I'm, I'm wondering, what do you think of this? That the first peril may have been the Civil War, right? The, the nation was founded. Then there was the first peril, which was the Civil War. And could we soon encounter the second great peril for our nation? Is Are things escalating to that now? Um, what do you guys think? There's supposed to be three great perils for the United States. But we will succeed if we stay united. In disunion, it says we shall fail. And I 100% agree with that. I'm reading your comments. Sounds very similar. You're saying sounds very similar to the book of Ezekiel and Daniel in the Bible. Can you post the link? Sure. I'll I'll have to copy and paste from the Library of Congress so you guys can have this link directly. I'll put it in uh, my description after this broadcast so that you can share the link with your friends. Um, What does Google think the answer is? Google is probably going to cite Snopes. And Snopes went through this big storyline that says basically that it's phony. But I I do not trust Snopes. Snopes also said that India was a joke for administering the I-word to its citizens. But India decimated its illness (laughs) this year by administering the I-word. So... Snopes is a joke. Um, Charles Wesley Alexander, it says, is the original author. Um, Wesley Bra- uh, Brashaw, it says here. Brashaw. Okay, it's just, it's really interesting here. The uh, three perils will come upon the Republic, the most fearful is second, passing which the whole world united shall never be able to prevail against her. So this paper is saying that this peril, the entire world is going to come against America. It looked like the third peril, the third peril is also going to involve Africa, but it's not as bad as the second peril. Uh, Yeah, Europe, Asia, and Africa. Um, so, so it's really interesting that basically, allegedly, this vision of hope came to Washington and his despair in Valley Forge. It was really looking bleak, winter of 1777. Um, I mean, Brit, Brit, 
Britain was an established military. And they were like, yeah, we're going to cut off these these crazy little American militias. And, and get this, the majority of Americans in, in the 1700s were standing by idly, observing, saying, I don't know if I want to stop being British. I don't know if these people um, joining the Continental Army are, are crazy wackos, you know, radicals. I don't know if I want to join in this fight. I'm going to stand by and just watch. And it took a small percentage of Americans who actually activated to, to create this great nation. Um, yeah, uh, the Americans were pretty divided on whether they really wanted to leave Britain. So those were dark times, and allegedly that is when this vision of hope came to Washington, which he only told to a few people. I mean, if this is even true, you know, when you receive, and I know people do get visions, and look, for all you Christians, look, I grew up, I grew up reading the Bible, and people were people in the Bible were always having these crazy visits by angels, right? And my dad was like, well, I want to be visited by an angel. Why don't angels visit people anymore? Well, I think that people do sometimes get these spiritual encounters and they keep low key about it because they'll be called crazy. <laughs> so if this is true, um, there's a good chance George Washington stayed low key about it. He didn't want to be called crazy, right? So allegedly one of his officers finally told the story in the mid 1800s, which then went on to get published in papers and Snopes says it's made up. I don't know if it is. I think Snopes implied it was made up and then other people's copied Snopes and said it is made up. But here we go. This person has visions. There you go. A lot of people have visions it is great to get in touch with the unseen world. Um, many have visions. Oh, yeah? Allie Carter? Did she um, have a vision? I'll have to check out what you're talking about. Stu Peters rocks. He had me on his show as well. Stu Peters is killing it. If there were an, ind- if there were an independent journalism award right now. Maybe I should create one. I would give it to Stu Peters. I mean, he is rocking and rolling, getting all these exclusive, making headlines. Go get it, Stu. Against America equals against patriots. I can see that the world, the world against us. Yeah. Um, so in the 1700s, it was it was the patriots who were just a few brave people who were tired of tyranny, and they took a stand, and the majority of Americans were complacent and were like, you know, I'm not willing to fight to get rid of a tyrant if that's what it takes. And, um, and so it was just a few people. And Thomas Paine's writing, now Thomas Paine wrote in December of 1776, so this is a year prior to Washington's alleged vision. Um, These are the times that try men's souls. And he said, tyranny like hell 
is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. And he had great hope. And, and he wrote in that, that, that look, we Americans have been noble. We have tried for a decade with the British to, to be, to resolve this peacefully and to just get them to back off and leave us alone. And they're being tyrannical. And so this is our last ditch effort that we have to resolve to violence. We have to, we have to resort to violence, but we are being noble about it. So I trust that God will honor noble people. He wrote about how surely God will be on our side, not the British side, because they've been horrible tyrants for years. <laughs> and he ended up being right. I think these, these original patriots had, were people of great faith and faith is what always wins. Faith is the key with everything. So anyway, I just love our founding fathers. George Washington uh, um, is the perfect patriot and um, veteran to honor today since it's Veterans Day. A lot of people don't think of George Washington as a veteran, but he founded our very first military and and he was out there with his troops um, in 1776, 1777. when it was looking bleak, he kept the faith. Um, what's up? Yeah, big developments with James O'Keefe. Um, so, you know, the feds took his two phones. Uh, he was just, uh, the feds were just ordered by a judge to stop combing through his phones, which is huge for journalists everywhere. I mean, the way that he, they busted down his door, handcuffed him and took his phone. They didn't bust down his door, but they banged on it, got him to open it after busting down two of his journalist's doors. And they took his two phones under the guise of saying that, that Ashley Biden's diary may have, you know, it was stolen by someone according to the FBI. And because James O'Keefe didn't alert the feds that it was stolen, he deserves to have his two phones taken. It's just, it was really a stretch. So it's good to see here this breaking news. The federal court has just ordered the DOJ to stop extracting data from our client journalist James O'Keefe's phone, the attorney says, and ordered a hearing. Counsel for Project Veritas asked the court to do this yesterday. Nice Good for good for James O'Keefe's attorney. They asked the court to stop the extraction of data from James O'Keefe's phone. Um, yeah, that's big for journalists because if the FBI can just randomly take journalists' phones and go through their data, that's not a good thing for the free press. That is not a good thing for the free press. When the FBI and our other officials in government are supposed to be the, the people that the fourth estate which is the slang term for journalism is supposed to be keeping a watchdog eye on. We journalists are supposed to be the watchdogs of the FBI and our other, the other three branches of government, executive, judicial, and legislative, the, you know, the, the rumored fourth estate or, you know, the slang that journalists are the fourth estate comes from that. Um, 
And you can't be the fourth estate and be the watchdog on government when you know that the FBI is going to be able to grab your phone at any, any time and look through it. So anyway, um, that is good to see um, in regards to Project Veritas. Now, a lot of people have asked me if I work for Project Veritas or, or whatever since they did the story on me um, this summer. No, I'm like completely separate from them. They did they did the story on me. You know, they're wonderful. I, I befriended them. Um, although you know, I haven't talked to James O'Keefe in months now, so I'm totally separate from them doing my own thing, but I'm just t- talking about his case a lot because this is big for journalists everywhere. Um, yeah. So there you go. Reading your comments. <laughs> three, three branches of government that doesn't seem anything like the monar- monarchy we're living in yeah it's seeming more like a monarchy isn't it it's, it's getting concerning but um it's and you know to more and more america more and more americans feel that way it's interesting because under trump a lot of the leftists felt that he was acting more like a monarch throwing out the constitution if you read cnn's articles they totally talk like that in the new york times like he was a tyrant but now under biden when we're seeing these edicts come out that are affecting every person's lives and what they can put what they must put in their bodies now I'm having leftist friends get, you know, raise the red alert for themselves. Um, you know, cause as a journalist, I am friends with everybody and the more context you have, the better. And some of my best friends who are leftists have told me, wow, I never thought I'd say this, but I miss Trump. And so What's happening under Biden is waking some leftists up. These are fascinating times. Um, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, we're not dating. We're we're. C- yeah, that's a CNN rumor, right? Fake news, CNN. Definitely not. Um, Keep training patriots. Yeah, so the patriots of the, of the 1770s, they were secretly training at least for a few months. They were kind of low-key collecting weapons and brushing up on their military skills and tactics in case they had to go to war with, with the British. And I do know that some people in America are doing things like that right now. Interesting times. All right. I know we all love peace, but freedom's not free, is it? All right. It's been a pleasure spending this Veterans Day with you. And I hope that you continue to share, cherish American liberty and American exceptionalism, which is the uniqueness that we have in this great nation um, of, of the individual pursuit of happiness and, and the chance at developing greatness through our own work that hasn't been seen in other countries throughout history, American exceptionalism. Have a wonderful Veterans Day and 
love you guys. Thanks for the support. Um, my YouTube is on the fritz. My YouTube guru told me um, that I have to delete my video from yesterday because the YouTube um, um, police are going to come after it. So unfortunately, that video is going to have to go away because YouTube is on to me hard. I've already received strikes. But thanks for all your support on my YouTube. Just, just trying to spread some love and truth and patriotism. See you guys later.